0: Let's talk about midlife baby, let's talk about you and me, let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be,
1: let's talk about midlife, midlife. we are she. Okay, welcome to episode two, we are she, I'm Jen and Jess is here and we're going to be talking about midlife uh, for women. And one of the things that I'd like to ask just today is, what do you think the relationship between menopause and midlife is?
0: I've thought about that. We've talked about it before. And I think initially I thought menopause sort of marked midlife. They really knew you were at midlife when your body started physically manifesting menopause. And marking and into an era of reproductivity and, and a number of other things. Um, I think that as I've I've, I've passed menopause, as I've become postmenopausal, that my conception of what midlife is has been. and I see I see it as involving more. Sort of a phase of life that aren't necessarily physical or physiological, but being an empty nester, coming to a, a place in my career uh, that I've I've reached a certain level, um, I think that mentally in
1: life, and as an adult, the perspective thing.
0: You know, now I'm taking life as as, as menopause. I think though, pretty puts um, on certain phase of your life. I think that also midlife goes a little bit beyond that. The timing is, is I mean, it could be from 40 to 60. Or look at midlife books. I, I actually reading, I think it's Julia Cameron's book on midlife, The Artist's Way in midlife. And her for her, midlife starts at like 70. So I think that the, the definition can, can definitely vary. Uh, and of course, my perspective is more from a woman, I guess men don't have to consider. Menopause, when they're considering life as well, but so that's sort of what what I was thinking, um, Jen. What do you what do you think about what do you think the relationship between menopause and in midlife is?
1: I think that we have like a perception of midlife is fifty, you know, and, and really that's just the simple, you know, you hit fifty and you should be at a certain place in life. You should have finished um, you know, managing your career or you're on like a real great career path. Um, and I never, in honesty, it didn't really think about menopause much at all. Um, and that could be because my mother had, our mother had a hysterectomy. And as far as I was concerned, she never really went through many of these things that, that, um, I observed in other women that were older than me um, a few times at my workplace, you know, they'd get like a hot flash and they'd they'd be very red, but for the most part, my experience and honesty was really limited. And so I was really just looking at midlife, like, okay, you know, I'm going to hit 50. There's going to be some changes, but mostly it would be thinking of myself successful professionally Um, you know, my kids would be at a certain place, my relationship would be in a certain place. I would have additional freedoms and, and I just had this idea that it would be just fantastic. You know, I mean, I'd gotten through my twenties and thirties and, you know, um, 50 was going to be like smooth sailing and, um, all those things that I talked about doing traveling, um, you know, meeting up with my friends, doing all these great things. Um, I just thought that would kind of naturally happen with midlife and what ended up happening was, um, you know, about 46, 47, um, I could tell there were just changes in my body and it was very erratic. Um, and I, I didn't have near the control I thought I would have, you know, I thought that, um, again, I was more focused on midlife and being Perimenopausal was what was clear to me is I didn't know what was going on with my body. I didn't feel like I had the resources to ask the right questions. And I think that bothered me the most because I I think of myself as a pretty smart person. And here I was, you know, watching my body go through this thing that, you know. Millions of other women are going through, and why wasn't I like given some pamphlet that said, you know, hey, Jen, here's what's what it's going to be. Well, what do you? I mean,
0: what do you do? You think that's because in our society uh there's so much emphasis, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just get out there and say that on on men and their lives. I mean, because we have all heard about the midlife crisis, right? And the the guy runs out. Fifty and gets the new sports car and young girlfriend and everything. I mean, that's just common. People know that, and you don't hear about menopausal women, midlife women, as much. I mean, do you think there's? I mean, first of all, am I wrong? Do you think that that's not true? That you really you wouldn't agree that that we hear more about men in midlife than women, or
1: or do you think that's actually something that's a factor? I think we want to hear about men in midlife because it's sexier, you know. I mean, it's way sexier to like run out and buy a sports car, and you know, I don't know what's the. I'm trying to think of the like really general stereotypical, you know, like button down polyester shirt with you know gold chains and a sports car, <laughs> um, and you know potentially running out and you know just kind of being having the freedom to do that and. Um, I think for women, it's, it's, I don't know if the comparison is true or not. Um, I do believe that, that research on menopause access to it and, um, health care for women in some ways has really been under-researched and under-reported. Um, so, and then also, you know, it's just, it's how unsexy is menopause? I mean, it's like you, yeah. you, be, you become, you become like, well, invisible. And that's like a whole nother conversation, but it's, it's like, you've just lost control of what used to be a pretty damn good looking person and good and funny and, and attractive in a, you know, really lots of different ways, you know, not just, just visually, but also just you know, you're fun, you're, you're this, you're that. But suddenly, you know, you, all you want to do is cry or you crawl under your sheets or, or the smallest thing, you know, drives you into this like frenzy. And um, so I don't know, I, I, I think it's a mix of both. I think that there's a little, a lot of, you know, people wanting to see the the sexier part of you know midlife and you know you think to yourself yeah by 50 damn I should be able to go out and you know get some hot sports car um but, but would, the reality- you, would you
0: really want that that young thing hanging on your arm I, mean, I guess when I think of a midlife crisis no. <laughs> it's really a guy with a sports car with this young chick and it's like no why would I ever want to be bothered now the sports car yes but maybe not the the young thing um
1: yeah, I don't disagree, but, um, yeah, I think that, I don't know if it, I'm just more practical. I mean, I, I love sports cars, as you know, I mean, I, I love speed. I would love to have that, that option, but it's, you know, maybe it's the practical part of myself where, you know, it's, um, I know that that's probably not a reality in my life and I'm too busy trying to figure out, wait, wait, I'm um, what, ha- what, what happened to me? <laughs> right. um, but, um, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's more on men? The focus is, you know.
0: I do. I mean, but I think that you're, you're spot on when you say that the part of the reason is probably that it's, it's sexier and it's more appealing that you get to midlife and, and you change your life and you're adventurous again, and you're doing these things. And, um, that's much more attractive than hot, flashes and night sweats and in the mental fog that overtakes some of us in menopause and in being having those physical changes that pretty much tell us that those productive reproductive at least portions of our life are over that part's ended and and i think that that's for a lot of people can be
1: a downer. <laughs> I mean, that's- well, it's a total downer. And I mean, you can see it too. Just, I mean, as far as, um, I feel like the marketing side of it for women, my age, um, it just becomes so different, you know, it's more like how to cover up all of that stuff that before we were trying to highlight and, you know, make glow and make, you know, super emphasized. And, you know, now it's like, okay, you know, how can you grow more hair in the places that you're losing it? And how can you lose hair in the places (laughs) that you're growing it? And, um, yeah, I think that as far as like the mid, the, the, um, intersection for midlife and, and menopause, um. You know, I, there's just that part of me that I'm like kind of a dog at the fact that I didn't, I didn't have a little more research, didn't have a little more access to um, feeling more prepared for it. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's an interesting question too, because, you know, given our experiences at being postmenopausal, you know, could we have been more prepared? Uh,
0: I think that we could, we could have been. And I know that once I started researching it, you know, really thinking, oh crap, this is real. My body is going through these changes and I think this is it. And I started looking intently, you know I mean? Doing research, you know, YouTube and, and books and all this other thing, you know, but I had to be, it had to be intentional. I mean, and actually asking, asking people, I mean, it's amazing how you can, easily share information on how your kids are doing in school and restaurants and share recipe blogs and all this kind of stuff. But I never heard from other women my age about menopause until I actually started saying, wow, have you experienced this because this is sort of hellish and nobody ever told me this would happen like this and as like you said there were no brochures there never seemed to be sort of a this is coming up just be on the lookout I never heard from my GP my doctor who was also acting as my gynecologist for insurance or lack there are reasons she never gave me a flag Like, let's let's be on the lookout for this possibly occurring, these changes I wish she had. I think afterwards when she and I started that conversation again on my initiation, she was she was willing to discuss it, but it wasn't something that she felt the need to to bring up as a potential. I don't want to say threat, (laughs) like, you know, an oncoming thing. but I think that that was something that that probably could have been mentioned that I, that I missed out on. I think that information's out. it's, you just have to know to look for it and to ask. And I think this is one of those things that we wanted to do with this podcast was to build that community of, of sharing information and encouraging people to, to reach out and to share not only on menopause and, the physical changes that occur, the potential for some very dire health consequences. um, Share that, get that information out out there so that nobody else feels blindsided. No other women feel blindsided and not just women. I mean, I think, yeah, of course, mainly women, but I know for myself, my partner he was blindsided as well. I mean, he, he had no idea what was happening with me. And I really, I, mean, I think he was sort of a trooper when it came to freezing at night so I could not burn up, but I think that more information would have had him better prepared. Um, and I think that that, that's something that our partners and our loved ones would appreciate too. Okay. <laughs> like, hey, let us know before you, explode. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I-, I
1: agree. I agree with all of those things. I think you have like several points in there that, that we could certainly talk more about. And um, I mean, the biggest one being, you know, your healthcare provider, how do you go to that person and say, you know, without feeling ashamed or, you know, like you've kind of lost control of some part of yourself, but being able to, to ask the questions because many times, and I had the same experience, my GP did not ask me and she knew how old I was. She knew that I was gaining all this weight, that I was um, had very erratic behavior and, and largely wanted to prescribe. And I have found this with other friends uh, saying this as well, wanting to, supri- to prescribe an antidepressant. And, and I would say, well, I don't necessarily feel depressed. I feel I feel out of control. So I don't know (laughs) if there's a drug for that, but, um, you know, it, and I just never, it never felt right that, you know, I didn't need to go on an antidepressant at the time. I mean, it would have been completely fine. I mean, I would have, if if I had felt that that was the right way for me to go, um, you know, I certainly open to those things, but I just always felt like there was a Um, something missing there, you know, that, that I, I don't feel like we have tapped into the true root cause of what's happening uh, with my behavior. So, so that happened as well. My GP didn't ask me about it, knowing that I was certainly at a time in my life when Mm -hmm. this would be a reasonable thing to ask about. And then the other thing is, you know, when, when you do do research on perimenopause, menopause, you know, all these things. And, and I have to admit too, I had no idea what that meant. I mean, I was like, what is this? I mean, I know, you know, that has to be like something before, but it was like, well, what, what exactly is that? And so you turn to what at the time looks to be alternative medicine or something that is not, you know, unless you're, you're looking at um, like, maybe you have had the conversation with your GP and you move it into hormone replacement therapy um, then you're kind of going down one track, but if you're looking for alternative ways, um, or even just in the research, what you seem, what I seem to have, have, uh, happened more upon than not was what was, you know, perceived as, as an alternative therapy. So that might be, you know, eating different, you know, intermittent fasting or, um, you know, trying different, uh, you know, alternative therapies, but, um, all of which are, are valid. And that's the thing is that, you know, I think in a conversation like this, you start to realize, Oh, here's what Jen tried. Here's what Jess tried. Um, you know, our intention with this is to not only talk to each other, but to talk to other women so that people that are listening to this podcast can understand that there are a lot of different options out there and it is your health, your, your right to ask these questions, to get the answers that you need so that, you're not stuck in this kind of um, unanswered place where, you know, for too long, because there's no reason to be there. You know, you can find ways that your body is going to respond so that you're not, um, you know, feeling kind of out of control because of the, the hormones that are kind of, that are coursing through your body.
0: Or not coursing. <laughs> or no, not exactly. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well,
0: well, one of the um, one of the resources that I came across, and I know I shared this with Eugen when soon after, but um, million years ago, back in the late nineties, I had very bad endometriosis, and and was saved by an angel of a gynecological surgeon who performed. Three abdominal surgeries, and everything was wonderful after that. And we lost touch. I think she went off to law school, and I got older and had kids, and years went by. Um, and then I started experiencing the, the menopause. And I happened to come across her again. She's very distinctive. She's a very distinctive character, Dr. Barbara Taylor. And she was actually on Dominique Saxe's local Houston newscasters YouTube site. Wonderful, I love Dominique. Um, but it was, it was again like another savior. Like when she came, when she showed up, when I had endometriosis and, and saved that, saved me, and that through that. If anyone has had endometriosis, they understand how how horrible that is as well, and dealing with that in in the medical community. Uh, menopause for me was was sort of similar, and there wasn't a lot of information. I wasn't completely sure I was feeling what I was feeling or what I needed to do about it. But Dr. Taylor showed up again on YouTube this time um, with a menopause focused YouTube channel and started you know, doing all, putting out all this information, very well-researched, sort of funky presentation, but very well-researched. And, and since I knew her personally and, and worked with her and had such a good experience, I hung in there For information and found it very helpful, very informative. I actually used quite a bit of her research with my own doctor when I went back to ask more informed questions to get what I felt I needed to get or what I at least wanted to to explore with hormonal replacement treatment. Um, But there's actually, there's a window of opportunity to make these choices and then that window closes And I think that that's something too, is that it's not just what we feel like doing or what makes us comfortable or an issue of self-care, though that is all important. These choices that we make pre-menopausal and in the early years of menopause can actually have long reaching in health impacts. Um, Some of the research is showing it can impact Alzheimer's heart disease, a number of different deadly conditions. And I think that's that's another reason to get the information out there and to seek the information, to not think that this is just a bump in the road that you have to cross over to get on with your life, that it, it actually does need your attention as women. We need to give it attention and um, we need to share the information out there because I, I think that it's It's not. And I think that a lot of that is shame or a reluctance to admit that we're here, that we're getting older, that we're midlife, that we're not young anymore, or, you know, not even, you know, and some people, I don't personally, but I think that there are some women who very closely associate themselves as women, identify themselves as women with their sexuality and their reproductive abilities you know being mothers and all that so the close of that door can be frightening you know it could really I think it can it can be identity shaking Um, it was for me for other reasons but I think that that information is important to get out there and and hopefully hopefully even just with us talking about it and getting it out that that will that will help as well and I did actually we do have a Facebook page that we'll be developing. And and hopefully on that site, we can also share out resources, links like to to Dr. Taylor's YouTube channel, share some of that information out there. So people, women feel more comfortable, you know, asking questions, getting their their questions answered. Also coming up with the questions that they want to ask for their doctors to, to be more informed and to take better care of themselves.
1: Yeah, I think they've been putting together like a short list of questions, you know, just at the minimum of asking to take control of your healthcare and um, and your well-being and and make it a priority that you ask these questions, that you find the answers that are right for you because it is an individualized process and what might have worked for me or might have worked for you, it's 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 a it's a basis um, a recommendation, but largely you're going to find the right thing for you as you kind of, you know, wind your way through this process. Um, but the biggest part is just making sure you take more control of your health care, of your, your well-being through whatever stage you are in midlife. Um, but I do want to say, what, one of the next episodes we should talk about is sexuality, <laughs> 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 or one of the, the future ones, because I can, I can tell you my friends and myself are all over the map and that's a, you know, maybe we'll have to put a, a you know, a password on it.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not safe to listen with your children in the room. or something. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> well, this has been a great conversation. Um, I hope that, uh, you know, this helps women to, you know, be thinking about it, to be uh, thinking about their partners, um, lots of great conversation that we can we can highlight as we move forward with the podcast.
0: I think so, too. And this will be the conti- the start of our continuing conversations. And I w- hopefully we'll be getting the Facebook page up and published soon where others, anyone who happens to listen can also submit questions they might want to hear discussed and maybe give feedback to the podcasts there as well um for future discussions
1: boom are you ready one two three we, we are <laughs> <she>. <laughs> okay one more time <laughs> okay <laughs> one two three we, we are, are she. She. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Okay, now I just have to figure out how to stop the recording. Um. Can you um, upload that like to a a OneDrive or send me a link so I can tweak it in the...